Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Examined Fandom. I'm Nathaniel. Uh, the, the regular show member on the other hand is uh, Daniel. Say hello, Daniel. Hello. Hello. We also have a special guest, Ted, to talk with today to talk with us about the NFL. Say hello, Ted. How's it going? Going pretty well. All right, before we jump into the NFL, which we're going to preview the NFC and AFC North, we want to touch on the biggest trade in that happened at the MLB trade deadline, which was, of course, Zach Cranky being dealt from the Diamondbacks to the Astros. The uh, Diamondbacks received three, the third, fourth, and fifth top-ranked prospects of the Houston Astros. Um, meanwhile, the obviously the Astros got one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. So, how does this trade look for each team, Daniel? For the Diamondbacks, I think for both teams, it was a good trade. The Diamondbacks got a lot of good prospects from the Astros, and they were looking to offload Zach Greinke's contract. And the Astros needed pitching if they want to make a deep run into the playoffs. They already had great pitchers, and now they have one of the best pitching rotations in the major leagues, in my opinion. So for both teams, I think it was a good trade. What did you think about uh, what do you think about the Astros bullpen? Because right now they got Roberto, Roberto Okunia Mojeras. Otherwise, they just got web sub elite bullpen pitchers. But otherwise, they just got guys somewhere around a four year A. How are they going to deal with this in the playoffs with their excess of starting pitchers in the playoffs? I, I, I could see either Granky or Miley pitching in the bullpen. Um, maybe Miley. I think. I think he would probably be a better fit. Yeah. I think it really depends on how uh, their, the rest of the season goes for those two guys. Yeah, the only – Miley makes the most sense, but it would seem – the only problem is that I don't think he's going to have a Madison Bumgarner moment in the playoffs. Like, you could get that maybe with Zach Granke or Justin Verlander. But then again, you might have to wait until the, the NLCS, ALCS or the World Series to do such a maneuver here. Through the division series, they'll probably just roll with uh, the three starters and then just have them pitch deep. But we'll get Garrett Cole, Verlander, and Grant King just have them pitch seven, eight innings. They could do that, yeah. I think that's probably what they'll end up doing. All right. Uh, some people have said that the trade deadline was boring because that was the only – really big move. However, I think that that just means that a lot of teams are contending and don't want to don't want to give away their best starting pitcher or give away their best outfielder. You think that you have a similar view? I, I would agree with that. I think this year's trade deadline, we saw a lot of teams that were uh, within striking distance of either a division lead or a wild card spot. And they were content with their teams, and maybe they made some small moves. But for the most part, I would say most teams were pretty content with what they had and didn't feel they had to go out there and try to trade for any big names or anything. Yeah. Well, I'm sure all of them wanted a premier starting pitcher. The only problem was that Zach Rankin was the only, basically the only one that was available. I mean, the Giants decided not to trade Bumgarner. Um, that might have been just because they don't didn't want to trade them at all. 
regardless of whatever happened. But um, yeah, maybe they uh, they weren't getting uh, a return for Bumgarner is what they had hoped. Maybe yeah, uh, they decided not to ship him. So yeah, the, the Diamondbacks was really the take advantage of this. They're very small market. They got a huge haul that they should have. Yeah, really, a couple of really good players. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you say the Astros are the favorites to win the AL? I would say, as of right now, yeah. Yeah. I think my money is on the Astros. Yeah. Well, enough of that for right now. This podcast is going to be about uh, football. So, NFC North, where are the teams we got there? You got the Bears, the Packers, the Lions, and the Vikings. All right, Jed, how do you see this shaping out? Well, it is by far the most competitive or one of the most competitive divisions in all of the NFL. Uh, mostly it's going to be a three-way race with a couple punches thrown in by the Lions at the bottom. But it's really going to shape up to be the Vikings, Bears, and Packers uh, really just slugging it out for the top of the division. I believe that it's either going to be tight all the way through to about week 16, 17, um, or, or the Bears are going to take a early lead and win the division with the Packers and Vikings duking it out for one of the wild card spots. So you think the Packers and the Vikings won't be able to just want a, a great start? And, I mean, they could, but do you think they have what it takes to just go out there and dominate week one to week 17? I, I do think that all three of the teams could dominate all the way through the season. Um, I just believe that the Bears are going to dominate and the Packers are probably going to dominate and the Vikings are probably going to dominate. So it's really kind of a one team is more surefire than the other two right now. You, you, you worry about the, well, we'll talk about this later, actually, in the Bears. Um, do you worry about their, their, um, their having a regression? I do think that the defense is going to regress, but I think that the offense is going to take that next step forward. You have uh, Mitch Trubisky in having another year under uh, Matt Nagy and in that offense, and you have more weapons around him. I really, really like David Montgomery, who they drafted this year. I think he's going to be an excellent running back. He's really going to be what they wanted Jordan Howard to be. Um, So I think their offense is going to take the next step forward, which will uh, help the defense remain what it was or not regress too much uh, just by keeping the defense off the field longer and also putting up enough points so that the defense isn't in a uh, in a in a uh, mode where they have to only allow three points, or else they're going to lose the game. Yeah. Right now, with the very defense, as far as I'm concerned, is two key issues. Number one, obviously, is that they switch coordinators uh, from Vic Fangio to Chuck Pagano. Just want to see how that how, how that can change everything. Do you think that the scheme is going to be different? I don't think it'll be too different. Um, I think Chuck Pagano is smart enough to kind of keep it how it was. However, Vic Fangio is one of the top defensive coordinators 
or was since he is now a head coach. Um, one of the top defensive minded guys in the NFL, Chuck Pagano is not on his level. I do think that the personnel is going to help out Chuck quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that'll kind of cover for some of his flaws. How much of the, the performance of a defense is based off of talent? How much of it is based off of the coordinator? Oh, uh, you know, that really, uh, depends on the coordinator that you have and just it really does matter what kind of personnel that you have yeah um but um i do not know his name which is a little embarrassing but the defensive coordinator for the indianapolis colts last year got a lot out of a bunch of no names yeah on the flip side um a couple of years ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars really didn't have a, too much of a, a defensive-minded guy. Like, obviously, they had some defensive-minded guys for them. But, you know, 2016, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that was all talent. Yeah, it's got to be some uh, – obviously, a bit of both involved. Right. Exactly. It's really, it's really always going to be a mixture of both to have a truly great defense. Well, the third aspect that I like to think about is actually the uh, health of the defense. You know, like right now, because I'm talking about this bit, uh, what I would assume is that on defense, if you lose a starter, it's much harder to overcome than it is if you lose a uh, starter on offense. Just because if you have one bad defensive player, they can, they can, the offense can exploit that. A lot easier. I think that's, that's true. Is that fair to say? So, uh, yes, that is going to be uh, an issue for them. I think that they will start to regress towards the mean yeah. amount of injuries of the league. However, I will say that um, Khalil Mack, who's obviously one of the best defensive players in the league, um, last year he had a uh, very late start getting into football, which meant he never really got into true football shape. And if you remember, he kind of started to fall off towards the middle to the end of the season in terms of how good he was production. He just wasn't good the whole season. Um, This year, he's going to have the whole training camp. He's going to be able to get into full-on football shape. I really think he's going to be a a beast, and I think uh, he'll be able to cover for any of those deficiencies that they might start to show. Well, the thing with the Bears you got to look at is that they only have the second fewest uh, injuries to starters in the whole NFL last year. Um, I think the year before that, they took in the Vikings. Those they had the, the past two division winners for the NFC North had really healthy defenses the whole year. Do um, you think that like talent, um, just that it's, it's more about not necessarily the talent? But just having the same guys there every week and having the same uh, a solid coordinator, I think that can overcome a, a more talent. That can be that can, it can be better than a more talented defense that might have a couple holes because of injury. Um, I would say that actually depends on where your talent is. Like if you have a lot of talent in your linebackers, but then your uh, secondary is like injured it may not help very much but if you have a lot of talent in your pass rushers that can really cover for having an injured secondary 
Yeah, for sure. All right, well, the, the big question for the Bears right now um, is uh, week one, playing against the Packers, can Mitch Trubisky get back up after he's sacked by Rashawn Gary? That's first pick. Anybody you know, I would really have to um, know how much milk he drinks to yeah. answer that question. <laughs> Do you think that – yeah, who, 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 who do you think is the more – drinks more milk, Aaron Rodgers? Wait, no, that's right. Aaron Rodgers stopped drinking milk a couple of years ago. I think that explains – That's why he's been injured. Yeah. You see a correlation, Ted? Yes. I mean, as soon as he stopped uh, having dairy from the dairy state, it, it started to go downhill just a little bit. It did. All right. Well, that's – so do you see the Bears? I think we all see the Bears – Repeating what they did last year just might not be as defensive oriented and therefore a little more balanced. A little more. I don't know about balanced even because the defense might weaken up a lot. And if you gotta rely on Mitch Trubisky and the rest of the game to get the offensive the offense going, I don't know. I think it will depend on um how much the offense improves. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's unproven in a way. Well, I don't know if they could actually end up winning the NFC Championship game, for instance, on the offense they had last year. So I don't really see the offense getting so much better that it can make up for a slightly worse defense than they have this year. Is that example? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, we'll have to see how they come out and play. You know, yeah. week one. Well, I don't know about week one because it's basically the preseason. Well, you know, but it's at these preseason games, it's hard to tell because no one plays their starters. And... Yeah. I think RL opposed the original games early in the year when the teams are just getting started. You guys like that? Yes, I uh, I love um, that uh, the Packers and the Bears are opening up the season. Um, I think it's especially this season uh, with how uh, with the NFL's hundredth season and it's the oldest rivalry. It's probably the most iconic rivalry, or one, maybe maybe the Cowboys Eagles or Cowboys Giants rivalry. But other than that, it's by far the most iconic rivalry in the in all of the NFL. Um, and really, I think it's a, it was a good move by the NFL to open up with Bears Packers. Yeah, but that Bears Packers is obviously that's something that everyone approves of. Super Patriots fans, which means that's a really good move. But uh, I don't know, like if you have multiple division games in the first month of the season, I mean, teams can go one and three in, the, in September and still be okay because they're going to play the rest of their uh, all the teams in the division twice, at least once, if not twice. So I kind of like having most of the divisional games in November and December and not getting too many of them in September when games are just getting warmed up. The NFL does do a good job of um, having a lot of the divisional games kind of at the end. Like, you may start, like, with about half of your games, divisional games, somewhere in the first half of the season, like in the first six weeks, and then you'll have a few weeks where you're not really playing any divisional games. And then towards the end, you'll have a couple more. Like, especially if they're like, 
uh, oh, the Vikings and the Packers and the Bears all look like they could be winning this division. Let's have Vikings. I don't actually know who we end with, but let's have Vikings. We, and- I believe the Packers play the Lions. Yeah. Uh, Week 17. Week 17, they play the Lions. This is a great yeah. the NFL. They have only division games the last week of the season. Yep. I, yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I do really like that, how they have a – they have that week, and then also the week before that, they'll have a lot of them. It won't be all of them, but a lot of them will be division games. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a lot better than um, I, 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 I like the idea that they had teams that are ready because there's an important divisional game near the beginning of the season. So that's, I mean, I'm kind of torn on this because that's a good motivation for teams to get it together. You motivate, you're getting teams that were good at the beginning, giving them important wins. Than other teams. The only problem is that nowadays, especially in the NFL, September is basically the preseason with the level of play. They they've known the stars from playing together for more than a quarter. And now they're just gonna go all out on a divisional divisional opponent. I mean if you lose that game, then that's that could end up affecting your season at the end. You know. The, the outcome might have been different had it been played week 16 versus week one. But what do you guys think about that? Well, I think teams tend to play uh, harder against their divisional opponents, which maybe is that uh, maybe that's why they um, wanted them early in the season so teams care more. Yeah. It also helps get them into the season. Uh, yeah. You start you start hard that way, and then you're playing hard the whole way through instead of starting soft and then playing hard the rest rest of the way. Yeah. Like I mean, if the NFL season started with the Bears playing the Buccaneers, would like anybody care? You know? Um, I think anything Buccaneers Buccaneers related is um not caring about not cared about. <laughs> exactly. They, 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 have, they have Bruce Arians as head coach now. Let's give him a chance. No, it's Bruce Arians ever accomplished. Like, is he a Super Bowl coach? Like, minus touch coach? He's good. Uh, I thought he won us. I thought he was a coach with the uh, Colts when they won the Super Bowl. That sounds about right. Um, but I mean, he. Uh, he was really good with uh, – no, I'm sorry, the Steelers. Coach with the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, but was he was great with Roethlisberger. He coached Luck. He gave Carson Palmer a career year. He's won Coach of the Year a couple times. Like, I like him. I think he'll do good. Yeah, he'll be good, but, I mean, has anyone seen the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, no. Like, it's going to take more than just a coach to fix that trend. <laughs> I, n- I never, I never said, I never said the team would do good. I said he would do good with what he has. This means that the Buccaneers are going to Super Bowl. All right, so if, if the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, it's because we said they suck on our podcast. Is that is that fair? We're all in agreement on that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, talking about speaking of fire coaches, we got the Detroit Lions. Oh. We are going all tight end this year, adding T.J. Hawkinson. I believe they drafted him eighth overall, and they added Jesse James. So the question, of course, is how many tight ends are they going to have per play on offense? 
Well, you got to figure that uh, they'll have at least one tight end at the normal spot, and then the other one they'll float around, maybe have them out wide, maybe have them uh, in line as well. Uh, you could even get funky and put them in the backfield. All right, so they added Trey Flowers on defense. Um, they got some other other moves. Do you, do you think that they're going to be able to, to accomplish much this year? I think they will. Uh, maybe it won't show up in their win total, but we will see a more competitive team. Yeah. Well, week 17, they were pretty competitive against the Packers last year, but we don't talk about Well, we don't talk let's, about let's, let's not talk about that. All right. Um, Matt Patricia, what do you think of him as a head coach? Is it fair to, to judge him year one as a head coach? I tend to think that that's not really the, that, that, that fair because you inherit a situation, you got to be the best of it, make the best of it while learning, learning how to be the head guy. Yeah, see more of him, right? Yeah, I would say we have to see at least another year of him before we really start to judge him. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd give him like a C plus. Uh, I, he definitely did a little bit. He didn't do quite as good as I was thinking he would. But uh, that being said, he didn't have a whole lot to work with on both sides in certain areas. Um, and they're starting to kind of feel out who their young up-and-comers are. Speaking about young, young up-and-comers, uh, Matthew Stafford, the answer long-term? Well, or should they draft a new one? Which let, let me put it this way. There are uh, – sorry, let, them, let me count them out real quick. Three or four quarterbacks coming out this year who uh, would be pretty solid drafts in the first round probably. Uh, you got Herbert out of Oregon. You got uh, Jake Fromm out of Georgia. You have Tua out of Alabama. And I think there's another one, but I don't really remember right now. Yeah. Those guys would be pretty solid. I would say, however, that if you really think that you want to draft another quarterback, the for any team, really, if you're planning this far out ahead of time, the one you want to shoot for is Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. That kid looks special. And uh, that he's going to be a number one pick. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, two years from now. So, really, I would say give, give Stafford the chance this year. Yeah. And then kind of evaluate your options. And if he d- doesn't look good, if he doesn't look like the future, maybe you take a quarterback in this next draft. Uh, in the top 10-ish. And if that doesn't seem to work out, maybe they can trade Stafford to get a couple picks and then package that all up and try and get Trevor Lawrence. Well, you know, the team that should really do that is uh, the Miami Dolphins. They should start Josh Rosen, not any of this Fitzmagic garbage. Start Josh Rosen, and then if he sucks, get all the top picks, start him again next year anyway, and then you get two years of really high draft picks and for rewards. I mean, that's a pretty good path to success, I think. Um, start tr- Josh Rosen and see what you got and trade him if he's good and if he's bad, and you just go ahead and start him the next year as a trash quarterback. So you can suck for, uh, not suck for luck, but suck for Trevor. 
I, I agree with you in starting Josh Rosen. However, I would disagree with you for the Miami Dolphins um, to uh, throw away a year uh, next year. I think if that they suck bad enough, they should draft a quarterback this year. Just um, I think that the Dolphins really need to culture build. And if they tank for another year after, if they do really bad this year and then they tank next year, um, it's going to be horrible for their culture, and it will be very hard for Brian Flores to turn it around. Oh, that's right. They got the new coach. Well, we'll have to blame him. Blame Josh Robinson. Get a new coach. You got the new quarterback, and then you got all these top picks, and then there's your new culture for him. I mean, I think I can do a good job as an executive, just throwing player, just throwing people under the bus, and then <laughs> getting getting the best team in the NFL. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> all right, uh, you know, guys, uh, you guys, uh, all those NFL teams out there, you can uh, contact me on Instagram and I'll go ahead and be your GM. Well, I'll settle for assistant GM. All right, now we go on, moving on the division. So we're all in agreement here that the Lions, they got some pieces and they're, they should be a little bit better, but they might not show it because they're in such a competitive competitive division. Is that fair? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Fourth place finish. Must like Yeah, I, I, I would say that's uh that would be the general consensus, and I think so too. Now, what are the Packers? All right, here's the thing: are are Packer fans Packer fans or Packers fans? I think uh you I think you have to be from Wisconsin to be in tune with the nuances of Packer and Packers fans. All right. Well, speaking of the, the suffering of Packer fans, you got Aaron Wait, Rod- wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let's uh let's not throw let's uh go ahead and throw the people what they want since uh Dan here is from Wisconsin. What's the answer, Dan? Don't throw it away. Okay. I think um me personally I use them interchangeably. I think the team well the team is the Green Bay Packers, but like if you're referring to yourself I say, you know, I'm a Packer fan, but your team is the Green Bay Packers. I 100% agree. Yeah, I know. I'm a Packer fan, guys. Packer, Packer, no, well, yeah, you just got to feel it, you know. It's like speaking your your native language. Like, you don't speak it grammatically correctly, but you know how to use it. People, you like it, put it like this you go to, uh, you go to your friend's house. Uh, you go to you go to a Packer party to watch the Packers play. You know. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, a lot of fun being a Packer fan, but not the last couple of years, mainly because of Aaron Rodgers and him playing again in the NFC North, where all the teams try to injure him. You think that's a, is it a coincidence that he's got only gotten injured in his whole career of injuries against NFC North opponents? Like, I'm not making this up. He's only got injured when he's been playing against NFC North opponents. Well, I think I at this say, point is it's this ahead, no Dan. question. Yeah, it's no question, especially last year against the Bears. It was so intentional that he he need Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, like, like you know, what was guy's face? Anthony Barr, just like picking him up and then throwing his collarbone into the ground. That's right. That's right. Come on. I, I want to say they didn't even flag that. 
didn't fling that hit, which is obviously as a Packer fan, was he should be frustrating. But next year, Clay Matthews did less threatening, like less run hits that resulted in penalties that um, that did away with inter- interceptions, which cost the Packers football games. I mean, oh well, I guess like Manier Rodgers gets hurt. They start Maples protecting the Packers, of course, lose games next the next year because of that. So that's not good. Anyway, Packers got have five new starters on defense this year. It would, they would be Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, and then presumably their their first picks um, from, from this year's draft, which they had two. They had uh, Rashawn Geary and Darnell Savage. That's five new starters. And the second year for the defensive coordinator, Mike Penn. So how, how high is this defense's ceiling, Ted? Uh, I think it could be very high with the uh, new blood coming in. Uh, and don't forget, we still have a couple of young players who have been on our team who are still growing. You have Jair Alexander entering his second year. I really think he could end up being, maybe not this year, but I think by his third or fourth year, he could be, top of a top cornerback in the league. I think this year he'll be a top 10 cornerback in the league. He's going to end up being a lockdown corner. Uh, Remember last year against the Rams, uh, he was just a shutdown corner that game against one of the most high octane offenses in the league. Um, So I think he has a lot of growth ahead of him. And then we also have Kenny Clark and that kid is just a monster in the middle. Yes. And with Kenny Clark there, and you have Rashawn Gary on one side, you're going to have a combination of Kyler Fackrell and Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Uh, it's just going to be uh, entirely different looking offense in terms of personnel. Yeah, do you think Kyle Sackrell is going to repeat with 10 sacks this year? I think that was just a fluke. You know, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting question because there were a few games where he had uh, two sacks or I think one game he might have had three. I think he but, had three sacks. He sacked like Russell Wilson three times somehow. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's been a lot of feast or famine for him. So I think he could end up repeating if he does the same, which I'd be all right with because that's just a lot of sacks for those games. If you have a lot of sacks in some games, you're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, well, lost in Seattle, but we don't talk about that because we're back. So we exactly. don't talk about we don't talk about we don't, we don't want to talk about that that Los Angeles Rams game. We don't want to talk about the Seattle game. Hey, hey, don't, don't worry. Game. Like don't Los worry. We don't we got we got rid of Ty. We don't have Ty Montgomery anymore. We're we're okay now. Uh, yeah, but he took the, a lot of the ends up. For those of you who don't know, the Packers, remember, the Packers were about to beat the Rams. They had the ball. They're down two points. They have Aaron Rodgers. They got the offensive going. The offense going, like, less than two minutes. They're going to take the ball on the field and then kick the field goal win, right? Then, I guess, I, I knew this was going to be a fumble the moment that Ty Montgomery was the returner. In the end zone. I was like, he's going to fumble this. And he did. That, that's just a bad move. You know, that cost the Packers a win. So the Packers would have been a playoff team had they avoided really dumb losses, you know. It's, it's definitely possible. They could have had 10 wins if they were to, were to finish off some of their, their opponents. 
I think, yeah, some sloppy defense and some bad plays were kind of cost them last season. Yeah, I want to say there was the, the, the Redskins game where they lost. They would have gotten a game-winning interception, but there was the passenger, the, the roughing the pass or penalty, which was incomprehensibly stupid because like, he – Matthews sack was hit Alex Smith as Alex Smith was – as Alex Smith was throwing the football. So you can't say that's like, that's how you play. play. I assume the point of football is to tackle the guy who has the ball. To be tackling the guy who had the ball, but he was throwing it at the last, like, okay, that's obviously stupid. And they, they had the, uh, they blew the Los Angeles game, which they should have brought one. So that's two extra wins. Then they had the, uh, the Seattle game, which they lost because they just couldn't get it done. They were probably the better team that night. So that's three wins. Add that to six, and you're at nine and a half wins, which, let's see here. I want, I want to know what was the end of the second wild card team. Uh, I want to see. That's your. Well, either way, it doesn't matter now. The Packers have a new coach. I uh, got a lot more talent, so you think they can just be set this, get the offense going, and then get back to the playoffs? Yeah, I think uh, I think they will. Um, with Rodgers, there's definitely a uh, a floor to mm. how well you could do. Um, obviously, depending on some factors outside of him, um, but between Rodgers and a new look defense, uh, a new look offense uh, with um, how we're going to be running the offense. I think it's going to be a different combination than people of the Packers than uh, we've seen in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to be uh, just the nudge in the right direction to put us back into playoffs and, and back into Super, Super Bowl contention. Yeah. I was looking at the standings from last year that the, the Eagles were 9-7 and they had the wild card. So the Packers had closed, had, had that pass inference, well, we obviously can't, you know, the, in the past, you obviously can't just put it on one play, but the Packers easily could have won another three games that year. Basically, they just hadn't blown it at the end. Is that fair? We're all in agreement on that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say that's fair. Yeah. Well, that would have put them at uh, nine, uh, six, and one, which is more than nine and seven, who, which is the wild card team. So they would have been a playoff team. That was, that was last year's Packers, you know. And yeah, this year's past Packers are looking a lot better than last year's. So. so, yeah, it was like a lot of these teams are actually weren't that far out. Um, I was thinking, speaking of not far out, there's the, actually the, the Minnesota Vikings who rock, rock rolled in with an 8 7 1 record, a half game out of play, out the playoffs. All right, this offseason, they lost two of their starters on the offensive line. Uh, and they dropped it to center to try to fix that. So, do they have any other obvious holes that they need to fix? Um, they could definitely use a bit more running back depth. Uh, Dalvin Cook has not shown that he can stay healthy. Um, that would be a, a uh, more obvious hole that I think that they have. Um, but beyond that, I mean, their pass catchers look good. They have uh, one of the top two tandems and. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, and they have Kyle Rudolph at tight end, and they also have uh, Treadwell as their third wide receiver. And hopefully, he, for the Vikings, he can kind of actually start living up to his billing as a first round pick. 
Um, they've got just a nasty, nasty defense at all levels. There aren't really too many holes there. Uh, their secondary is something to behold. And uh, with Mike Zimmer as your head coach, your defensive blitz game is just going to be on point the whole whole season. Yeah. All right here. So they got running backs and besides Delvin Cook, they got players like Mike Boone, Alexander Madison, Matheson, Rock Thomas, and of course, good old Amir Abdullah. He's a fifth-year veteran somehow. I always remember him as being the, the Lions player who was drafted. And then yep. was the Lions the whole time. So that's that's the running back squad. Not very deep, but luckily, a running back, running backs so are the uh, you can find decent ones on the street and they can play well uh, if you have a good offensive line, which is the was a key question for the um, I think to do with that, because that's mediocre. That's not going to help the running game. It's also not going to help Kirk Cousins, will it? One thing that uh, could be interesting is if uh, Dalvin Cook goes down, the Vikings are going to need to find a decent running back in a hurry, which probably means they're going to need to trade. Uh, There may be a couple guys on the free market that they'll just be able to sign. But a couple, just a few different guys to keep an eye out on – I would say that the Bills are pretty uh, overstocked at running back right now. They could be a candidate to trade LaShawn McCoy. The Patriots have more than enough running backs, that's for sure. They could trade uh, – they could probably trade two running backs and still be fine. Um, there aren't a whole lot of other teams with the excess of running backs, but those are a couple – areas that they could look at if Dalvin Cook goes down. Well, I mean, if you're basing your season on the help of running back, that's not good. <laughs> well, it's just to keep you balanced. Well, speaking of, so here's the, the big question for the Vikings and the, like the large, like very, the large group is on. The huge review is what are they, is Kirk Cousins going to be good enough to win them? Is he going to live up to his contract? <laughs> is he going to earn a paycheck? Is he, yeah, he's going to earn his paycheck. I mean, like, is he going to be uh, top? Is he going to be take the Vikings to the NFC Championship game? Could he? Will he? You know that. Uh, that's a valid question. I don't think uh, he's ever also, seen that. But he's had a half million dollar question, right? Yes. Uh, he is. Um, he has proved that he can get you to the big game. Like he can get you enough wins on his own that with the team being good enough around him, I think that they could get to a big game. Maybe it's the uh, divisional game rather than the NFC championship game. But I really don't think that uh, Cousins is the guy to really put them over the hump into Super Bowl conversation. Well, that's, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. 
I mean, did, 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 did we learn anything this year that we didn't already know about Kirk Cousins, the lot 2018 that we didn't already know about Kirk Cousins? Well, we learned that he'll put up uh, uh, his own personal highs in, uh, point, in uh, touchdowns scored, et cetera, with actual players around him. So he does uh, do more when he's has more players around him. But on the flip side, he is not the guy that you want to close out the games that you need. Yeah, I don't think we learned that, though, because that was basically his time in Washington. I, I would, I, just uh, as a last point, I would put forth the argument that in Washington, they weren't really expecting to ever really get to the playoffs. Just kind of they Kirk weren't Cousins. in any big games. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of Kirk Cousins versus the world there. Yes. And every, every, everyone knew that. So uh, they really were hoping that Cousins would be uh, – when you put pieces around him, he would be more than what he is. And he is a little bit more than what he was, but he's not what they were hoping for, I don't think. Yeah, but I don't know about that because, like, you can usually tell, like, quarterbacks that are doing, that are, that are world beaters make the playoffs and, like, are obviously the best quarterbacks in the NFL with a really bad team, you know? I think I think um, if, if they are if they are um, they are aren't an elite quarterback that can get you over the top regardless of the talent around them. I think I that, go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was just gonna say uh, about Kirk Cousins that I think the wheels kind of fell off the bus in the Kirk Cousins game against uh, against the Bears last year. Kind of fell apart. Yeah. Game. Or they had uh, the, the was that week fifteen or so that they played the the Bears and the Bears basically clinched the division. Yes. Yeah. Where they uh, eliminated the Vikings from playoff contention. Um, I will say that I don't think that the Vikings got Cousins ex- expecting him to be the one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. I think they got him because they thought he was one become he was going to be one of the good quarterbacks in the NFL and he is he is a good quarterback he's not a great quarterback and the amount of money that he's being paid puts expectations on him that aren't fair because everyone knows he's not great the Vikings knew he wasn't gonna be great but that was the amount of money that the market dictated he would get because good even a good quarterback is hard to get so Vikings wanted a better quarterback. Cousins was that better quarterback, so they paid the money that they had to to get him. It's obviously a very interesting quarterback situation right now in the NFL. I think in a future show, after we preview all the teams, we'll talk about like ranking the quarterback positions one through thirty-two, or at least talking about them. Because it's pretty interesting. Like, let's take a look at the worst starting quarterback, and it's probably like Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone. I think Joshua Rosen being the eventual starter. Like, actually, there aren't too many really terrible quarterbacks anymore. Jameis Winston. Okay, I mean, like, he at least has Mark, Mark, Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. At least good. Like, I think he threw 13 touchdowns. In the playoffs. 
you can get something out of them, right? I mean, like as the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, that's not too bad, is it? Um, let's. We should discuss this at a later date because otherwise, I'm about to pull up teams and actually look through. Yeah, but like, you know, I'm. Just, I mean, the NFC North, for instance, at least what we're talking about right now, the worst quarterbacks got to be like what? Kirk Cousins. Mitch or, Trubisky. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. I w- you can't tell me uh, that Mitch Trubisky is better than Stafford, Rodgers, and Cousins. No, he's not better than Rodgers. I would say that Trubisky is better than – I would take Trubisky over Cousins. Okay, but I don't know. Easily. Rodgers and, and Stafford I would, I would great probably, I would probably take Trubisky over Stafford, to be honest. Yeah. Well, no, it's, 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 it's just the team. It's this the is team. Like in the NFL right now, like, a lot of divisions you're talking about, like, is Trubisky better than Cousins or Stafford or whatever? Like, these are all decent quarterbacks. I mean, we'll talk about that in a future episode because right now we don't, we're not going to have enough time for that. All right, so hey, look at the NFC North. All right, um, a couple macro macro questions. Uh, can Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers or will they uh, work well together? This can obviously go a long way in determining the Packers. Um, their success this year. What's say you Are they going to work together? Yeah. Daniel? What's All right, Our air is, is Malaflor and Aaron Rodgers going to work well together? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think um, they'll mesh well together. I think um, – LaFermont's a more balanced offense, which should take some of the uh, heat off of Rodgers, and hopefully he won't be running around out of the pocket the whole game. How much? How much of this of this of the Packers' offensive woes are due to Rodgers um, doing whatever he wanted, and how much of it was due to McCarthy um, being subpar, whatever the narrative is, or how much of it was just due to lackluster talent? Obviously, got to figure it's all of the above, but. Um, yeah. Well, I, th- I think each part had a, each piece had a part to play in the whole problem. Um, I would say that Rodgers was definitely doing his best to keep the offense afloat. Uh, McCarthy's offense was getting stale. Um, this has kind of started to come out in reports, even from some players. Um. I know – well, they can't say it themselves because they want to be nice to their old boss. But just kind of, you know, those little subtle things. Um, but that being said, the talent around Rodgers has definitely just been dipping, and I think it might start to be on the rise again, which it would be a Walker change. Uh, where do you think Mike McCarthy is in Packer history as a head coach? Top, probably top five, right? Top four, top three. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Curly Lambeau and Vince Lombardi obviously won two. Um, this is Mike Holmgren and uh, Carthy. All right, let's go. Who's better? Between between Holmgren and McCarthy or between all of them? Well, all of them are going to seem to be Lambeau and Lombardi, number one. I, w- I would take Holmgren over McCarthy, but I don't think McCarthy's trash or anything. Um, 
I would I would take it's just it's just different eras of football. It's hard to rank them really against each other. Obviously Lombardi uh was the top one, but McCarthy would be up there. He'd probably be he'd be somewhere in there. Yeah. It's just it's hard to rank them in different eras of football with uh you know, Holm Green had Brett Favre and Mike McCarthy had Rogers. So um, I will say that it would seem to be more of a waste of Rogers prime that they didn't win more Super Bowls than it was of than it was of Favre's time to not win more Super Bowls. Because mm-hmm. at, at least Favre has been to two and he lost one. Rogers has only ever been to one Super Bowl. You think you you blame McCarthy for that? Uh, not entirely, but um, there are, and we did get close a few years. Oh yeah. But definitely between McCarthy and um, Ted Thompson, when he was GM, I think he was a fantastic GM. I loved a lot of the moves he made, but I don't think he was quite aggressive enough. Yeah. Uh, looking back, in retrospect, they probably should have traded up more in the draft. Because they had tremendous success in the late rounds, and then you just can't rely on late first round picks to be the staple of your team. You got to trade up every now and again and just get a top 10 pick and forfeit your next first round pick the next year. But if you have success in the late rounds, then you would think that it would kind of mitigate that. Mitigate that. Well, and you never know if your late round draft pick is going to be a success. Uh, we were lucky more than once. We even got a, an all-pro out of Bakhtiari. But um, the draft is all just a crapshoot, really. You never know what you're really going to get until they actually get into the NFL and start playing games. Well, and it's – uh, At the top of the draft, I mean, a lot of times it's just will they stay healthy. That's a lot of it, isn't it? And every now and again you'll see a taco that was a bust, but – most of um, this happened when they were just injured. Like, very, very rarely is there a modest quarterback. But, like, you just get a, a top 10 pass rusher. Usually it's either injured or they just. Oh, well, not, not, not entirely. I mean, you had um, Solomon Thomas, was a top pass rusher. He's, he hasn't, he's been healthy. He's just not any good. Um, and there's other cases like that. Uh, it's just a guy can look really good in college or uh, he has all the measurables and it's just, it just doesn't quite click for them in the NFL. It's just a different game. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I didn't think of Mike McCarthy is that in all the playoff losses that the Packers ever suffered, there were only a couple games where they actually got destroyed. Um, there was the 2012 playoffs. They lost big against the 49ers, going back to the memory box. And the 2011 season was – we're not going to talk – that's one of the games we don't talk about. We don't talk about the 2011 playoffs of the Packers. Uh, it's no-go. Where they lost to the Giants because they dropped out the touchdown passes in that game. But – Otherwise, they all played competitive football games in all the playoffs. Um, the 2016 season was obviously an exception because 
they got destroyed. But to get to the NFC Championship game in 2016 was, I think, a smashing success. And they just got ruined by a more healthy team, a more talented team. So, yeah, we can take that. And that, that those are the only two games, 2011-2012, where they actually did very poorly in the playoffs. So, look at Mike, Mike McCarthy and his coaching. Even though they didn't get to the Super Bowl, they played a lot of close games in the playoffs. Uh, for the most part, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one thing that McCarthy was always, always great as great as a coach, except maybe not quite so great in uh, his last year. Um, the team was always ready to play. Yeah, that was yeah. I I would say that as a head coach, McCarthy is amazing. Um, as the years went on, he was just not as good as being at being an offensive coordinator. Um, I think the uh, NFL just innovated too fast for him or something. I don't really know what happened. As a head coach, though, he was amazing. It was just he's, he yeah. just couldn't, uh, well, couldn't was, keep up offensively. I think just maybe just the talent he got to believe because Sean Payton went on a little – he had his little down run, but – the Saints are high, and then they got a bunch of offensive talent, and now look where they are now. Well, Sean, the difference being that um, Sean Payton's down run was a series of seven and nine seasons, but it was the, always a series of seven and nine seasons where the offense was just clicking the entire time, and the defense couldn't hold anyone. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's a good comparison, but it's it's a little little different. A little different, but I, yeah. I, the, the the key is well, where's the talent? And, uh, obviously, you got the uh, Patriots who always find talent, but um, no matter what, use it for their purposes. But um, yeah, you just you, you win football games, good defense, good offense, whatever it is. You just need to have the talent. So I think all oftentimes they can just get really good head coaches and just use them as the scapegoat. And then there you go. Like that was, when that's not in fact the reason they were bad. But no, no. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I think it was definitely time for McCarthy to, to move on. Um, where do you think he's going to land his next job? Oh, I think he's going to. Um take a year, maybe another year off. He's McCarthy is really going to wait for the right job opening, I think. Um, All right. I'm, I'm going to tell everybody who it is, who it's going to be. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you got to move on. But I'm going to tell everybody who, where he's going to go at the end of the podcast. All right. That's going to be the, the surprise. Um, I know what's going to happen um, and all. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. All right. Uh, okay. So we got to move on. Best offensive weapon in the NFC North. Who is the best offensive weapon in the NFC North right now? Excluding quarterbacks. Excluding quarterbacks, including defensive players, obviously. Who are you going to take? Uh, I would either go Devontae Adams, uh, Diggs, Tariq Cohen. No, no Adam Thielen, though. 
You don't like Adam, Adam Thielen, Daniel? Yeah, come on. Have a little white chocolate there, eh? <laughs> All right. Well, Adam Thielen's actually good, though. So Yeah, I got to go with Devontae Adams here. But uh, Tariq Cohen, you know, pretty good running back. Um, I, I love Devontae Adams. I think he's the best wide receiver in the uh, NFC North. However, um, as a if we're rating this as offensive weapon, I'm gonna take my boy David Montgomery for the uh, Chicago Bears. I think he's going to be exactly what they want in the run game. He is going to be uh, a, a pass catcher as well. He's basically gonna be a better version of Jordan Howard, who can run the ball more than just powering it down the middle. He's going to actually be able to take it to the sides and he's going to be able to catch the ball. I think it's going to be very hard to um, predict what's going to happen when he's on the field, which is why I'm going to take him as my offensive weapon. All right. So I got Devontae Adams. You got David Montgomery. Who you got, Daniel? Uh, I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll take uh, Tariq Cohen just to mix things up. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. All right. Last thing we got on the NFC North, uh, week 17. Prediction, like, what's going to be the narrative in week 17? Are we seeing divisional? Division going to be on the line? Wild card spots on the line? Packers, Lions, and then we got Bears, Vikings. I think, uh, I think week 17 is going to be pretty close, and the Bears versus the Vikings game is going to be a really good one to watch because the Vikings may well – be playing for playoff contention in that game and the Packers game also versus the Lions. That all their their playoff chances might rest on a, a getting a win that day, and you know maybe hope maybe it will be one of these cases where they need the Vikings to lose and for them to beat the Lions. So I think Week 17 is going to be a good uh, uh, some good matchups going on in the NFC North. Yep. Uh, so I just you know have to do predictions because that guarantees that prediction will come true. But um, uh, here we got me. We have the Bears here. Most likely is that the tentative front runner at this point. I would say right now it's they're they're probably the front runner, um, yeah. just because we've seen what they are last year, uh, and they're going to change a little bit this year. But they Not look like they'll. Uh, not drastically enough. They think they'll be pretty similar. They'll still be really good. Uh, the Packers have changed a lot. But we have yet to um, see them play. Yeah, we have, just have no idea quite how it's all going to come together. I think it's going to be very beautiful when it happens. I think it's going to just – we're going to hit the ground running and we're just going to uh, roll on through the season. And the Vikings, I just don't trust them to uh, – <laughs> Don't trust Kirk Cousins to get it done. I don't, I don't. I don't trust Kirk Cousins to get that one done. Yeah. Well, I mean, say what there's the but the Bears uh, who they uh, have the record. One and five last year was it? That was the record. The Bears. Uh, we'll check that. Yeah. Oh no. Twelve and uh, twelve and four. So we'll see. Yes, they went twelve and four. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see uh, if they can repeat that. If not, I mean, the Packers obviously only won six and a half games, but. We already talked about they could easily have been nine and a half games. So uh, last year, and then now they all added all that talent. Um, it'll be it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a good 
good division. All right. Um, I still think the Lions are going to go 16 and 0 and win the Super Bowl this year. All right. Um, let's see here. AFC North. A little bit less interesting. A little uh, bit more predictable. So we got the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so let's just get a, get rid of the Cincinnati Bengals first. Uh, <laughs> do they have anything going for them this year? Positive? Well, um, this offseason. They do oh, have you, you, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, Dan. I didn't mean to talk over you there. Uh, the Bengals have uh, one uh, good thing going for them outside of their new hire of head coach with Zach Taylor. I don't really know how I feel about him. He's only ever been a quarterback's coach, so I, I don't have a feel on that. But their running back, Joe Mixon, I love his game. He is going to be the only good thing on that offense. Um AJ Dalton is Dalton. Yeah, Andy. Yeah. Andy. I'm sorry. Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. Um, we've seen what he is. He's never going to be anything different. Um, they don't have AJ Green to start the season. Um, and they really don't have too many offensive weapons outside of that. So I think the whole thing is going to kind of power through Joe Mixon there. Uh, if you play fantasy, that's probably the way to go. Well, other than that, they're going to be awful. All right. So, you know, as most of us, like, you guys don't believe what we're saying. Um, the, 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 uh, the Bengals have won six games in 2017. Bumped it up to seven in 2017. Then went back to six wins in 2018. And guess how many starters they are returning? All but one. Yeah, that's right. All but one. So you can imagine. So there's going to be six or seven wins for the, for the Bengals. That's the key question here. What do you say? Six or seven? Oh, six. Yeah. Six. Three. <laughs> Three. <laughs> well, that's true because the Cleveland Browns, they got a lot more competition now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say, like, I think three wins might be their ceiling. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> Well, you know what, but whatever. Three wins. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if one three wins. I'll go with five wins because that seems mediocre. Like, you know, I mean, five and eleven. <laughs> five and eleven. That's uh, yeah. They, they like the textbook five and eleven team, right? Okay. Baltimore Ravens. All right, they added uh, lots of running back talent. Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. Um, so they got obviously they're going to be having a good offense. You hope they have added Hollywood Brown in the second round of the draft. So they're going all offense. Um, they also got Lamar Jackson. Uh, how do you think he ranks among young quarterbacks, Ted? Um, I think that we could see him uh, push for Michael Vick's uh, quarterback rushing record. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, he he could be the next quarterback to break a thousand yards rushing yeah. in a season. It would not surprise me. Yeah, he rushed for um, six hundred ninety-five yards last year. So he only started, I want to say, twelve games. So, yes. 
Yeah. Um, no, he, he very well might. Um, the only problem is will he get hurt? That's the, that's the key. You saw this. Do you think he can become Robert Griffin the third, who's actually his backup? Coincidentally enough, um, where he had the really good rookie season, made the playoffs, was looking to be the next thing, and then got injured because he ran too much. Is, is Lamar Jackson going to be uh, one of those quarterbacks that just started really well and then got injured and then never heard from him? Um, you know, it, it he is slender, but uh, I have faith. I think uh, I think he'll do all right. I think he'll be smart about uh, sliding when when to slide. I think he's also actually fast enough to get out of a lot of the more dangerous situations. Um. Unlike a lot of the uh, rushing running quarterbacks who are fast, but they aren't quite fast enough, you know. So not um, as agile. All right, yeah. yeah. Actually, quick, quick correction: he only started seven games. Um, so yeah, he definitely has a really good chance of beating the record. Um, he only started seven games, and he ran for that many yards. I don't want to say that. Um, it's That's a, pretty it's, insane. Taking over injured Joe Flacco in the midseason. So Joe Flacco was the starter the whole year, right? When they switched him in. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And he did. He made it to the playoffs. So looked to be big time. Um, however, the, the problem with the Ravens, they lost a lot of talent. They are they lost C.J. Mosley, Formal uh, Montgomery, four Formals in five years. They lost. Michael Crabtree, Joe Flacco, Darius Smith, Terrell Suggs, Eric Weddle, uh, Brent Urban. These are guys from the start who were all their, their starters. Um, they added Earl Thomas, but I don't know if that's going to really fix all the, all the defensive, veteran defensive players that they lost. Um, I would say that won't fix all the problems, but Earl Thomas is definitely – I love Eric Weddle. Earl Thomas is better. Um, granted, he needs to stay healthy, but Earl Thomas is just uh, one of the best safeties in the league, um, easily. Um, and I know we were talking earlier about uh, defense being scheme versus talent. If there's any one team where I will say that the scheme can outweigh the talent, it's the Ravens. Yeah. Well, they got Justin Tucker, so they can basically make sure that they're getting – they have really good special teams. They can kick any field goal, and then they just kick it off. Um, I want to say they're, they're punters pretty good, too. Um, yeah, I mean, when you have Justin Tucker, you may as well just start lining up your field goal as soon as you uh, get the ball from the uh, kickoff. Yeah, they rank nine uh, – oh, they actually went first in total defense. Allowing nearly 293 yards per game, uh, and for second in points allowed, uh, it's going to be very difficult to repeat. Um, so I guess they'd be going kind of like the, the, the Bears, where they're going uh, more offense, less defense, um, and we'll, we'll see how that works out for them. All right, now. Yeah. Now we're going to go ahead and talk about the Steelers. 
Um, obviously, losing Le'Veon Bell meant nothing because he played at all last year. Um, they actually got a, a pretty good running back in the third round, James Conner, who did basically everything that Le'Veon Bell did, except without really bad attitude. Um, so and they also he, traded uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, they so got hopefully that can solve their internal issues. Yeah, I think uh, people are definitely sleeping just a bit on the Steelers. I think it's a bit of a um, – it was a bit of a sleeping juggernaut this offseason. And when the season starts, uh, people are going to kind of remember, oh, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger led the league in uh, passing yards last season. Um, and he's still a great quarterback, and he still has a couple – one really great target to throw to and a couple of good uh, youngins to throw to as well. Um, I think people often forget that Juju Smith-Schuster uh, looks like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and, and Antonio Brown, by the way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now he is going to have to fulfill that number one role now. Uh, he's going to have a lot of coverage rolling his way, but I think he'll be up for it. Um, and – uh, James Conner, I mean, you already talked about him. That kid is just going to uh, – he's just not going to stop. I think he's going to keep on going, uh, being that uh, dual threat out of the backfield. Yeah. I'm not worried about the receiving yards that Brown – well, uh, from Brown. But he did have 15 touchdowns. And if you're in the red zone, you've got to be able to score the football. So you can get the red zone. I'm not going to worry about them getting to the red zone. But when you get to the place, 15 touchdowns, that ball's got to go somewhere else. It's got to make someone making catches in the end zone. Um, so they're going to need people to step up in the red zone uh, for them to be able to not miss in front of the ground. So I think if they sometimes have trouble scoring touchdowns, then well, they might have to get traded back for Antonio Brown. Do you, do you think Ben Roethlisberger is going to let that happen, or is he just going to be as good as ever in the red zone? Um, you know, Roethlisberger has really been one of those quarterbacks who just his best plays are when he can air it out. Um, I I don't uh. I don't think he'll uh, he'll really impress in the red zone, but I also think he'll be better than the average quarterback. Um, it really is going to depend on uh, if anyone really steps up to take some of those targets and get those catches. If they decide to start giving a, feeding it a bit more to Connor or if they uh, throw it a bit more to uh, Juju's way or even they have uh, James Washington. Uh, will take some more targets this season. Um, so hopefully he steps up for the Steelers as well. Yeah. We also got, uh, let's see here, Vance McDonald, who was scoring uh, four touchdowns for them. I assume he's a tight end given that name. So, yeah. Now, looking at their tight ends here, they have, well, let's see here. Uh, Vance McDonald, well, Juju Smith, and then um, James. Uh, no, they got Zach Entry, Xavier Grimble, and 
Vance McDonald as their tight end squad. So um, now that might be the tight ends tend to be big red zone targets. So we'll, we'll see what, what happens with that. That's going to be their big thing on offense. On defense, they got uh, Devin Bush. Uh, I know, yeah, so Devin Bush is coming in. Uh, they now they were able to draft him. Um, you think he's going to be able to be a effective NFL linebacker? That was going to help. Uh, yes, um, Devin Bush, I think, is going to be fantastic. I think he is defensive rookie of the year potential. Uh, right out the gate. I think he's just going to rack up uh, all sorts of stats. He's going to get tackles. He's going to get a few interceptions. He'll probably get a few sacks on blitzes. He's going to be exactly what they've been wanting ever since Ryan Shazier went down with that uh, uh, injury a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just going to really step in and just be that day one guy that they drafted him to be. I'm actually looking at the, the Steelers' stats on defense, and I'm just thinking that so there's six in purple defense, ten in passing defense, six in rushing defense, but they're middle of the pack with uh, points allowed. Their turnovers weren't that great. Um, yeah, they're last, and well, they were 28 in the league in turnover difference. So, is Devin Bush going to be that guy who can create turnovers? I think he's going to be able to get force fumbles and that kind of a thing. Or... Uh, yeah, I think uh, in, in his position, like just being a middle linebacker, you're more likely to be able to force fumbles. Um, I definitely think he has the talent for it. Um, he is He's a special, special linebacker. All right. JJ, uh, TJ, well, I should say, um, he had 13 sacks this year. Can you get more this year? Um, yeah, I think he can. Uh, I think he has the potential to get more. Um, it'll, it'll really kind of depend on how much teams start sliding pressure, uh, sliding protections his way. Um, but I think he, uh, definitely could break 13 and a half with how pass happy offenses are now. All right. Now, last game in the North here is the Cleveland Browns. Um, do they have any weaknesses? Uh, I mean, I don't think they, they, don't, they don't actually have a gate to gate hole. They got a decent quarterback. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Nathan. I'm going to interrupt you right there. Just, uh, just so you guys know, the Browns, I think, are my second favorite team in the NFL. Um, I think Baker is going to be phenomenal this year. I loved him coming out of Oklahoma. I loved what he did in college. I loved him his first year. I think he's just going to get better with more weapons around him. Um, this is going to be probably one of the more fun teams to watch this year. Well, and now he has the best wide receiver duo in the NFL, probably. One of the top Andrew ones, and- at least. And Odell Beckham Jr., like, I can't think of one better than that. Uh, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen could challenge it, but, yeah, that is a – I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, 
Um, senior, yeah, it was around that one. Better. Uh, I'm trying to think about those guys on Atlanta. They have Julio Jones. Them, uh, what's their second? Atlanta's good. Uh, they have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And right. they also have um, uh, who's their third receiver? Oh, I was, I was, I was the guy. Um, I right, will we'll get real quick. Uh, anyway, uh, on defense, they've got Miles Garrett, for former first overall pick. Um, they drafted TJ Ward. When I, is that been TJ Ward? No, TJ Ward is yeah. no. <laughs> Denzel Ward, that's the one. You know. Yes. Denzel Ward, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL already. Uh, only first year, one year experience. So they got a lot of young talent on, on defense, and that should be turning upwards. They also added Morgan Burnett on defense, yeah, Adrius Taylor. Linebacker Oliver Vernon at defensive end. Um, Sheldon Richardson is a big, it's a big uh, addition, I think. So there's well, plenty of depth on defense. They, they also traded for Olivier Ver, Olivier Vernon, yeah. who is going to be uh, between Vernon on one side and Garrett on the other. I don't know where you slide protection because yeah. slide protection away from one of them. Ooh, you give. If you give either Vernon or Garrett one-on-ones against tackles, it's going to be ugly. Oh, yeah. How much do you think losing Jabril Peppers is going to hurt them? Uh, a lot less than you would think. Um, I think Morgan Burnett will really play that role just adequately enough to uh, really make that not noticeable. The uh, – rest of the players and the increased pressure up front think, uh, thanks to uh, Olivier Vernon coming in with a trade um, is really going to kind of take away from um, what you would notice from him missing. Uh, Jabril Preppers is really more of a safety who plays the linebacker position. He's kind of a box safety. He like plays up, up front a lot. That's where he was really good. And that's where Morgan Burnett can play pretty well. Uh, Demarius Randall is really going to cover all of their uh, free safety game and all of their. Um, I mention for those Packer friends out there, I just think of the the the, the Browns are rocking the Morgan Burnett and Demarius Randall safety. I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, they're kind of stealing all the Packers players. Yeah. <laughs> You know, who ever thought? All right. So, you see this defense being, I don't know, they, I mean, they didn't do too well last year. Slipped stats. They were 21st in points allowed, but 30th in total defense, giving up 393 yards per game. Um, however, they did get uh, a lot of turnovers. Uh, we can get turnovers then. I mean, that's going to make up for yards, but do you think that they'll be able to shore that up this year? Oh, yes, 100%. A lot of yeah, those turnovers so. came from Baker being a rookie. Yeah. I think this year he's going to tighten up yeah. that up a little bit, throw a few less interceptions. 
Mm-hmm. I think that uh, any fumbles that they lost is going to decrease a little bit. The running backs that they have are just – they're going to be phenomenal. And uh, they're going to be leaning on one running back for a while, uh, Nick Chubb. But at week 10, they get uh, Kareem Hunt back from his suspension. And that's just going to be a shot in the arm for that offense. If they were having any trouble, that's just going to kind of make them go again. So are you saying that the, uh, the, the Browns are going to be the team to beat in the, in the uh, AFC North? Oh, 100%. I think without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry, guys. That's it for today. We are out of time. So uh, we'll pick this up next week, uh, talking about more uh, football. And, uh, and the, uh, maybe what division should we take? North, east, or south? West, east, or south? What should we take next week, guys? Uh, I, w- I would uh, I would do the east. All right, we'll do in the east next time. So see you guys then. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Examined Fandom. See you guys next time.